Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Wow. Thank you. You can have your seats. Thanks so much. Uh, it's pretty overwhelming that. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. Um, so as a church, we've got an announcement to make that on the 10th of March, we're all going to be moving to Chua Hill. And so that, that's great. This is going to become a campus. No. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, when I walked in through the doors of this church, I knew it was legit. Um, because I, what, what I felt, what I, what I smelt was the coffee in the foyer. I saw that machine and I thought, I'm in the right place. It's so good. So good to be here. So my, my name is, if you found it hard to pronounce, it's Schaefen. People have called me Sherman, uh, Stefan, Saffron, um, anything. So everyone say it on the count of three. Schaefen. One, two, three. Schaefen. Good. Good to meet you. You know my, my name better than some of my friends know my name now. Um, so it's good. Hey, um, is Imogen still here somewhere? Imogen. You know Imogen up here at the front? So... Yeah, come on, give Imogen a hand. It's awesome. So Imogen was like about that high last time I saw her, saw her in Albany. Um, her and her mom and her family used to come to our church. And it's just so good to see young people going for God um, in, their young, in their youth. And so it's very, very inspiring to see. So my name is Schaefer and I'm married to my beautiful wife, Jess, up here. We're originally from Albany. Um, yep. Hi, Imogen. Here she is. <laughs> Uh, originally from Albany, where um, I was on staff at a church, ACC church down there, um, running the youth and the young adults and on the exec team. And then the last four years, my wife and I have been Melbourne, um, in Melbourne. We moved from a church of 400, which is, um, which is awesome, to a church of like 4,000 people in Melbourne. Um, and so that was a huge learning curve for us. And ultimately, we felt the call of God to, to plant a church. And um, I just love planting churches because statistically, objectively, planting churches is the most effective way to reach people with the gospel. Um, and so that's the why behind it. In fact, this morning's message that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is a little bit of the why, our why behind what we're doing. And so we hope we, you'll be encouraged uh, by that. And, um, and so since we've moved here, we've been so encouraged by different pastors. We're a part of a network of churches with the name HarvestNet. Um, we've been so overwhelmingly welcomed by then and supported. Um, but can I tell you what? Uh, the fact that your pastor, Pastor Dave, here this morning has just opened up his heart to us. He didn't know me a few weeks ago and he said, come and have your, you know, your, this platform. And, you know, the making of a leader isn't one, uh, the definition of a leader isn't one that provides a platform for themselves, but provides a platform for the other people around them. And um, so come on, let's thank him this morning. A great pastor. Such a heart to reach people with the gospel, and it's, it's very, very inspiring. And so um, we are launching our church on the 10th of March, and we've been building what we're calling a launch team. Um, if you've ever seen a rocket take off, it takes a lot of effort at the beginning to get that puppy off the ground, um, and then into the air to break through the, the atmosphere and then into space. And so um, we've been building a launch team at the moment. Thank God when we first rocked up, um, we'd visit some churches, and they'd say, oh, so, so uh, where are you having your church? Well, like, Oh, we're not, we're not sure yet. Like, oh, cool. Well, you got some people on your team? Yeah, yeah. No, just Jess and me and the kids, <laughs> if we can find them. And, um, but, you know, God is faithful to his word, and, and now we've got a team of just under 40, in, including kids, and it's just phenomenal what God has done. And so we just want to thank you so much. Yeah, come on, let's give God a hand. He's so good. 
I want to encourage you guys to step out, to step out in faith. Sometimes faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Uh, risk, did I hear God? I think I did. You know, sometimes just, you've just got to jump off that rock into the water um, and hopefully not drown. And so I've got a privilege to share the Word of God with us this morning. And what I want to share on this morning, um, the title of my message this morning is called One More Day. One More Day. Because I want to talk this morning about how we can make the most of, of our life and really how we can make the most of the one day that's ever been guaranteed to us and that's today one more day that God has given us you know, my granddad used to say to me shaping tomorrow never comes I used to go to his place and sit at his dining table and he used to teach me how to do origami has anyone done the water bottles that or the um water balloons origami or the cranes origami he used to teach me that in maths. I go to my grad's had, you know, granddad's house to learn maths. And I said, can I do it tomorrow, granddad? He's like, tomorrow never comes. We do it today, okay? Tomorrow never comes. We want to make the most of the day that God has given us. And so this morning I just want to begin by, by praying because, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just me. But this morning we want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and take my, my words, my faltering words, and we, we want the Holy Spirit to come and change our hearts so that we can walk out here different to how we walked in this morning. So... Can you close your eyes as I pray? Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you're here with us. Thank you, God, that we're two or more gathered, that you're here with us, God. And we love you, Jesus. We thank you that you've, you've rescued us. You've given us new life, God. And as we look at how to make the most of the rest of our life, God, I pray the Holy Spirit, that you take my words, you take your words, you bring it alive to our hearts, and you make it relevant for our daily life, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So time goes so quickly, doesn't it? It feels like it goes so quickly. I mean, our kids have grown up so quickly. and um, There was actually a study done in the 1990s measuring how fast people actually walk, the pace at which they walk um, around major cities around the world. And then the study was done again about a decade later in the early 2000s, and they re-measured the pace that people have walked. And on average, the pace had increased by 10% over that time. Like literally, people were like walking faster, just trying to like cram more stuff into their lives. And it feels like life is going faster. It's like, you know, soap when you're trying to hold on to the, remember those bars of soap before all the, you know, all the different bath gels came out? You just squeeze that. The harder you try and hold on to soap, the quicker it'll get out of your hand. It's a bit like life. And so it goes so quickly. The Bible says with the first scripture for this morning from James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, your life is like a vapor. That appears for a little while and then it vanishes. It comes and go, goes like the vapor in a shower. When you compare the length of our life to eternity, it's just a blip. It's a blip on the radar. It feels long sometimes. Um, one pastor says that um, life is long and life is short. It's both. But our lives go so quickly. And it's actually wise for us to consider how short our life is. Uh, Moses actually said a prayer in the next verse. He said, God, teach me. How to realize, give me wisdom to realize how short life is. In the next verse that comes up, it says, Teach us how to realize how short our life is, so that we may grow in wisdom. When we, when we comprehend how short our life is, by the way, some spelling mistakes in the slides this morning, I realized. So if you see it, just laugh at me or with me, whatever you prefer. Teach us how to realize how short our life is, so we can grow in wisdom. Because when we realize how short life is, we begin to set our priorities differently. 
we begin to realize what's really important and we, 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 we zoom out and get a bird's eye view on our life and we begin to reprioritize what really matters in our life. It's like when you go shopping. And my wife and I, um, my wife and her mum spent time in Melbourne uh, shopping and her mum would come over and they'd have a few nights in the city and they'd take their time just visiting all the different brands and all the clothes, shops, and I, I have no idea what happens over there, but... That's what they do, but they have time in their hands. But it's a whole lot different when you've got just a, a small amount of time. You need to get your list. You need to get in there, get your items, tick them off the list, and get out. Time, when we realize how short time is, it helps us to prioritize what really matters. And so the truth is, to the degree, and we've got it up on the screen now, to the degree that we align our lives with God's priorities is the extent that we make the most of the time that we have. I'll read it again. To the degree that we align our lives with God's priorities. So not, not our, we have our own priorities. I have my own priorities, the eagles. Uh, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Eagles, coffee. Uh, I don't know if the eagles and coffee are God's priorities. But to the degree that we align our, maybe. To the degree that we align our lives with God's priorities is the extent that we make the most of the time that we have. And so the question this morning, is, well, what is God's priority? What is, God, what is on God's heart when he gets up in the morning? First thing on his mind, he's like, what, what is the heartbeat of what God is about? And the next scripture really gives us great insight into that. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God wants everyone to be saved and to come to understand the truth. God wants everyone, not most people, not some people, just a few, but every single person to come to the knowledge and that word wants God wants the word wants in in the Greek um, that the word Greek word it's actually called thalema and the word Greek word thalema when translated literally means God's intense desire is his preferred outcome according to Strong's it's God's preferred outcome that can be accepted or rejected by man um, and there's the mystery of, of God's sovereignty and our free will. And we've been talking about that for thousands of years, trying to get our head around it. But the truth is, this is, this is God's desire that he's compelled by. And we know John 3.16, he's, he's, his great desire is the first thing in his heart so much that he gave everything. He gave his son to come onto the cross that we heard so beautifully in communion this morning, that God sent his son to die for us, that we can be with him forever. He, his heart longs for his kids to come home. He longs for every single person to come home. And for, so for Jess and I, um, we had a, a, something that happened to us in, in our life that really helped us to wrap our hearts and our head around this truth, around this desire of God's that none should perish, but that all should come to know him. And um, it began when we, in the first year of our marriage, uh, we or Jess got pregnant and uh, we were very excited, very, very excited. And, you know, I, was like, I, I thought that I might do the whole thing where you take a photo every day of the side of the, the tummy. Has anyone ever tried those? Like take it when it's really small and you see the tummy growing. And so I got excited, just down next to that white wall. It's great. And then the next day, and then I, I just forgot. Never did it after that. But I was that excited, two photos worth. And, um, and then about 17 weeks later, I was at work and I got a call from Jess who had a checkup at the doctor's and she said, come down. And so I came down to have a checkup and the doctor had, had told us and confirmed that our baby's heart had stopped beating and that we lost our baby. And, um, and the doctors told us that we needed to go to hospital that night and had an induced birth of, 
of our baby. And it was absolutely devastating, absolutely devastating for us. And so, you know, it's one of the most painful things I've seen Jess go through. And it was very painful for us to go through that process to come out with nothing at the end of it. And we, we named our baby Jedediah. He was a boy. And, um, and we know that he's gone to be with God. And we tell our kids that we've got a, they've got an older brother in heaven and waiting for him, Jedediah. So it's pretty cool. But at that moment, it was, it was very painful because we wondered what we couldn't wait to meet Jedediah. What's Jedediah going to be like? What's his personality going to be like? What's God's vision for his life? And what's he going to enjoy? And we couldn't wait to meet him. And, and to have that missed opportunity was something that really grieved us. And I remember one night we were, we were sitting on the bed in this cloud of heaviness and grief, really, just on the bed, and, and, and Jess, Jess suggested that I go and uh, get my guitar to, to worship the Lord. And I was like, what? At a time, like, like, if you feel like singing songs, you know, but I'm sort of an obedient, submissive husband. So, yes, dear. Okay. <laughs> you know, get it? Come back. And, um, and so I start, start worshipping. But, you know, at, at, at that time, you don't really feel it, so you kind of choose it. It's like, I love you, Jesus, <laughs> you know. Really feeling this, it's just I choose, and as we began to choose through the pain to lift up the name of Jesus, then the presence of God began to cut through the heaviness, began to cut through the grief, and and the presence of God came in such a powerful way. And through the tears, through the pain, God didn't just take it away, but but God was so close to us. And as a side note, it's just a good thought to think. You know, when do we praise God just during the good times or through the bad times? You know, when we choose to praise God. Like the worship team did so beautifully this morning. Let me tell you, the worship team up here doesn't feel like it every week. But they choose to press in. They choose to come and to lift up the name of Jesus. And um, it was just such great worship this morning. Such a sense of the presence of God. When I came, I knew it's like Solomon. You know when Bathsheba went to see Solomon in his kingdom? Bathsheba was like, I heard it was really good, but I didn't realize it was this good. It's kind of like that coming here this morning. I heard it's a good church, but man, it is. this is a great church that you guys are a part of. I, um, it's so inspiring to think, man, I'd love to have a church like you guys one day. Well, I do today, so that's good. Um, can I hear that? Amen, church? Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, and so for us, you know, this is something that really grieved us. And in that moment of grief, though, then God came, but then he flipped it. And it's like he whispered to us, this, this grief that you feel about your son is just a taste of the grief that I have for those that go to a lost eternity without knowing me. And it's like we just got, we got this taste, this revelation, and God's heart breaks for people. He longs for every single person to come and to know him. And, you know, one day the, the world cries out for justice, right? Especially these days. We see it everywhere. Justice! You know, this is happening, this war, and these guys did this. And, and the world wants justice. And the great news is that Jesus one day, yeah. man, we're going to get justice. We're going to get justice. He's going to come back and put the world right. And that day, Jesus will be king. Jesus will be Lord. And we can't wait for that. It's going to be so good. Come on. Awesome. Um, and he, he's so keen to do that because he, he hates the sin. He hates the brokenness in our lives and the lives of people's around, people around us. But at the same time, man, he is delaying coming back to do that. And so why is he delaying to come and hear that, which is our next scripture? 2 Peter 3 verse 9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to come back. I mean, he must be on Africa time, India time, or something like that. <laughs> and coming soon. I'll be here. How soon? You know, if you're late, just say, I'll be there soon. It's like, 
That's, all right. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to come back, as some people think. Like 2,000 years? Uh, a little bit late. No, but he's been patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus, God has been patient. Can you imagine that tension in God's heart? You know, God the Father, he's, he's delaying every day. You know, the, you know, the only reason, the only reason the sun came up this morning is this verse, yeah. to give people one more day. Yeah. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. You know, I, I, you know some of us are like, you know, I, I think, I, I remember when I was a teenager, I prayed, God, I just really pray that you won't come back until after I get married. <laughs> At least until the first night after, then you can come back. (laughs) But, you know, although, thank God, he didn't return, but, like, uh, until that time, and he hasn't, but, you know, Jesus isn't on my time clock, or God isn't on my agenda. God doesn't delay his return just so we can get married, just so I can get a job promotion, just so I can get a house, so we can have a family, so we can finish the Netflix series that we're watching at the moment. He's... Jesus is not delaying his return for any other reason but giving people one more day, one more day today, one more day. The only reason the sun came up, the only reason this all but happened and the sun came up was to give us, thank you, God, what a merciful God, to give us one more day is guaranteed today for people to come and to know him. And so this morning I just want to give just three thoughts, three thoughts around, okay, well, well, well how can I? What, what are just some simple tips? How can I make the most of my life? to line my life with God's priority. How can I do that? I know that we're all not Bible college scholars, etc. And that's why I love the heart of this church and, and David is because he's got a heart going, I'm just, I'm just here to serve you guys. You guys do the real work. You guys are out in the world where, where we can't be, where he isn't. But you guys go into your world to make a difference. And so a few tips. So the first tip this morning is, <laughs> is this. <laughs> Be available. I don't have it written down in my notes. That's why I, I pause. What was my tip again? <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> Jesus. First tip is just simply be available. Simply be available. We can clog our lives up so much with so many different things. Um, there's a verse in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 that tells us what kind of people God is looking for to pour out his power through to make a difference in the world. And it says, it's from 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. And it says, The eyes of the Lord search. The eyes of the Lord are searching, looking in the homes, in the houses, everywhere in the face of the planet, all, all earth, in order to strengthen or to pour His power out onto you or into you, through those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. This is in, in, a, in NIV the New International Version, but in other versions it says he's looking for those whose hearts belong to him. Those whose hearts are, are, are his. Really, those whose hearts are basically saying, God, I don't have it all together. You know, God's not looking necessarily for the, for the wise, for the Bible scholars, for the good looking, for the popular, for the smart, for the people with lots of money. God, God, all God is looking for is people who, God, my heart is yours. I'm available to you. Just like David, a shepherd boy. You know, the eyes of the Lord are looking. Who's going to slay this giant? Goliath, who the eyes of God began searching, looking. He over, overlooked King Saul, who was the tallest in the country. He had a whole army at his disposal, but God overlooked Saul. He wasn't available. He overlooked the commanders of, of the armies and people in the houses. The eyes of the Lord were searching until we found David the shepherd boy out in his field, 
giving his whole heart to God in worship, saying, God, faithfully serving his, with um, his dad and looking after the sheep. And God's like, that is my man. And as David was simply available, what? okay, I'll just go and give it a crack. With this giant, the power of God came upon him and he was able to defeat, the Goli- defeat Goliath. And the same way, the eyes of the Lord are searching. He's searching Armadale. You know, God, God has an agenda of love to reach Armadale. And the eyes of the Lord are searching. Who, who's available? Who's simply available for me to use? You know, we have our time and our talent and our treasure is what we say. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, 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 my heart's for God, but our calendars are full. There's no margin in our calendars to be available, to stop, to pause, whether it's at church or, or in our world or at the cafe or wherever it might be. Um, our talent, a lot of us, all of us have been gifted by many gifts and it's so cool to see every, many, many people operating in their gifting here at church um, for two hours on a Sunday and, and other times as well. But, you know, God's so gifted you also to reach your world with the love of God. And then there's the treasure, you know. Um, sometimes our bank account statements can, can really give, you know, my heart's for God, yeah, my heart's for God. But we look at our bank account, we're like, well, how much have we actually been investing into the kingdom of God? into what God is doing? Is my bank account available for God? Really, is it God's bank account? And so first tip is simply to just to be available. Okay, God. And maybe this morning some of us just need to hit the reset button. You know, when there's a problem on our computers often, can you help me? Have you tried to watch that TV show? IT crowd. You know, what's wrong with your computer? Have you turned off and on? Have you reset it? It's oh, yeah, it worked. Cool. Sometimes as Christians, we just need a reset. Hey, oh, gee, all these windows have been open too long. We just need to excel, you know, close them all down, reset. Oh, yeah, God, that's right. You're the focus. I want to be available in this short amount of time that I have. Second tip is simply to give what you have. Okay, I'm available. Well, what can I do then? Well, second tip is simply to give what you have. Um, there's an account in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John were on their way to the temple for the regular three o'clock prayer meeting. You know, part of their normal routine, they're going to, and they walk past the, this, the, the lame guy that was um, asking for money at the gate. And this is what happened in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. And Peter said, when the, be- when the beggar asked him for some money, can I have some money? He said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ and Nazarene, Get up and walk. And notice the key words are simply, I don't, I, I don't have what they have. You know, Peter, um, Peter could have written himself off. Peter and John could have, oh, we don't have any money. We can't do anything. Sorry. See ya. You know, some of us write ourselves off. We don't have money like them or the talent like them or this like them. But do you know what? We, we often miss what God actually has given us, what is actually in our hand. All they did is, well, I've got Jesus. And he took his hand and pulled him up. And he was healed and he began leaping and praising God. You know, God wants us to help the lame to walk as well. Um, not as we compare or, 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 or um, rob ourselves of the opportunity to be used by God by comparing ourselves to other people. But simply, I can cook. I can cook. I've got time. Um, I've got a heart to listen to someone. I've got, a, I've got musical gifts. I've got whatever, whatever gifts you have. And we know the account of Moses when God said, hey, Moses. He's like, did you pick me? He's like, how's God going to use me? And God's like, what's that in your hand? It's like, he's like a bit of wood. It's just my stuff. Like, you know, you can get a walkie. <laughs> um, and God's like, well, we'll throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake and picked it up again. And this staff, this chunk of wood was what God used in Moses' hands to part the Red Sea, to, to lead Israel out of slavery, to provide water in the desert and to bring them to the promised land. And as we simply 
give what we see sometimes as common. Just a bit of wood. I can, yeah, I can just sing. I can just do whatever it might be. But God, I surrender it to you. And as we do that, the power of God comes on what's in our hand. And we can see the lame walk and people can be transformed with the love of God. Um, second tip, third tip, is look out for everyday moments. See, so often spiritual moments are disguised in brown paper bags, in normal everyday moments. Like so often we're waiting for the keyboard, you know, to come up. We're out there talking to someone. Where's the keyboard? Just to, oh, I just feel like just the spirit of the Lord is, you know. But like how often do we walk around with a little keyboard like, you know, in our pocket or just following us just in case, you know, we have a spiritual moment or something. But most of the spiritual opportunities that God gives us are disguised as every, watch it, are disguised as everyday moments. We so often don't miss them. The Holy Spirit is just gently, just gently, you know, Peter and John were on their way to the three o'clock regular temple prayer meeting. Um, and this was wrapped in a brown paper bag and they, they saw an opportunity. They were tuned in to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's awesome just to be, to learn how to tune in, not to be kooky, you know, be willing to look kooky, but not aim to be kooky. There's not a spiritual gift of kookiness um, anywhere in the Bible that I can discover yet. And, um, but simply um, be available, give what we have. And because the everyday moments, I mean, spiritual opportunities can be disguised as everyday moments. And so just before I finish, I wanted to just sort of share two stories, I guess, from my life that maybe you can learn from my mistakes or or things, and, and, and in these stories, you might be encouraged a little bit in your life. Um, and the first story goes with um, wonder. Has anyone seen Alex Lloyd, by the way? Alex Lloyd, does anyone remember Alex Lloyd? Okay, here's a band. Okay, thank you. One like, great. Okay, shows my age. Anyway, he's, he's a great muso. I went to see him and sat at a friend's place. The next morning, we were having breakfast at the table, and as we were, there's about 15 of us there, we're having breakfast, hanging out, barbecue breakfast, and a guy walked through the door with dreadies and and he sat next to me. And um, he seemed a bit sad. He seemed a bit sort of vacant, if you like. Um, and I felt the Holy Spirit tugging my heart just to reach out to him. And I wasn't available. I was like, nah, oh, no. Nah. To be honest, I was actually a bit shamed, a bit shameful, a bit um, guilty. And so my guilt robbed me from actually being available, really. And so I, I thought, nah, nah, I won't. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit was just gently prompting me to reach out to this guy, and you know, you know how long a moment lasts? A moment. So the moment, I don't know how long a moment does last, but the moment was there. And then it kind of just, just went. I don't know how long it was, but there are different lengths of moments. And, um, and I didn't. And so that was, all, that was all good. And then but then the next day, I think it was, or the day after, I actually heard that this guy had actually committed a suicide and ended his life. And I was, I was just shocked. I thought, far out. I, Obviously, I didn't blame myself. I had to work through it a bit. Didn't blame myself for a decision that he made. But this is a huge, great loss. But what it made me think was, my goodness, God, the eyes of the Lord were looking to and fro throughout the earth to see who who might just get his heart. Do you get my heart? Do you get my heart? That my heart is for every single person that you come across. That normal brown paper bag moment was... it was a normal everyday moment, but it was, it was God reaching out in love on this guy's, who knows how many chances he had. And I don't know at the end of the day what decision he made with God, whether or not he did. But what it, what it did in me is made me go, God, I don't want to be weird, but, I, but I, wanna, I don't want to miss the opportunities 
that you give me because it's about God's love reaching through us. And then if we fast forward a few years later, Jess and I, um, in Albany, we actually moved to, to a part of Albany that was quite a lot lower in terms of the social economic sort of surrounds. And we moved next door to a lady, very ochre lady, colourful, beautiful language coming out of her mouth and she had the Grim, Le- Grim Reaper tattooed across the chest. She'd been a barmaid for 20 years and, you know, great colourful language that her kids she used to use, very nice. Kids, just block your ears. <laughs> and, uh, but she liked to talk and I remember, you know, you'd, you'd park the car and you'd make a beeline for the front door just to sort of like... <laughs> Um, but one day I was trapped. I was trapped at the French talking to her. I won't say her name just in case in the, <laughs> somewhere she hears this. Um, but, I was, but I was talking to her and she told me about a friend who was, got married. I'm like, yay. And this friend was actually dying of cancer. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I don't want to make like, this today a tragic sort of day. It's like, how was church? Like, yeah, good. <laughs> but sometimes it's good just to get sober, isn't it? Just to, be, to face the reality. And I had a chat to her and... Through the course of conversation, it was another brown paper bag moment, normal moment, but I felt the Holy Spirit just, normally I'd go, oh, that's sad. And it really is sad, but you know, oh, that's sad and, and, and end on. But I felt God ask, would they maybe like to meet with me? You know, maybe me, yeah, I'm so awesome. But, but I just asked and, and then through a conversation, they said, yep, we'd like to meet you. And so I remember walking into their, into their front door, meeting them for the first time, walking into their room. It was such a dark heavy atmosphere the lights were down and this guy had yellow skin all over his body with tattoos and um, not that you know tattoos are awesome but he was an ex-bikey big creases in his and 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 it was a sad state and I remember just being overwhelmed going God what can I do here but it's just like God's saying just be available just just give what you have I thought what can I do I'm like oh that's right I've got two ears one mouth I'll just listen and so basically you sat down and, and listened to their story and they told me about tragedy after tragedy in their life that had happened. And I, I didn't know what to say, but again, I gave what, you, what I had. You know, I said, well, I just want to share a little bit about my life, about what, what God has done for me. You know, Jesus doesn't call us to be preachers. He calls us to be witnesses. He says, go and be my witness. What does witness do? When they're in court, the judge goes, hey, what did you see? Ah. Oh, I just saw a guy in the shop and he ran out and, and he ran down the corner. That's all I saw. It's like, cool, thanks. You've done your job. That's great. Sometimes we complicate it. Oh, I've got to know the apologetics. And I don't know why I have to apologize for my faith, but anyway. Um, but just give, just give, to give what I had. I have my story. So I shared my story a bit about brokenness in my life and, and, and a broken family and how I found my dad, my place that I belong to, despite the things that I've done that he loves me that he made a way through me, through Jesus, so I can know my dad, I can know my father, that I have hope in this life and hope beyond this life as well. And then I was like waiting for the keyboard again. Like, Where's the keyboard, you know? To help, what do I do? Hands up, can I see a hand anywhere? You know, with these two people in the lounge room. It's like, what do I, what do, I do? But I, but I said, hey, would you guys like to give your lives to Jesus? And they were both like, yeah. I was like, I was like well, yeah, come on, let's praise God. It's so good. I was like, what do I do now? Um, <laughs> and I, I, I just fumbled my way through. It was all good, but it was, the presence of God was there and it was powerful. And in contrast to the first story, two days later, this guy died and went to be with Jesus. So good. Come on, let's thank God. Let's praise Him. He's so good. He's so good. And can't, 
can't you, can't you just see and, and feel and taste the heart of the Father, the eyes of the Lord that are, that are looking to and fro throughout the earth? Who is just simply available? Who will just give me what they have and make the most of the brown paper bag? Well, paper bags are in, aren't they? Uh, you know, recycle. <laughs> and so this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit for you is just reminding you again about the people that you live with, the people that you interact with. Just reminding us, hitting the reset button, going, the, the invitation, can you get my heart, please? Can you remember what my heart beats for? What this is all about? Will you, will you not make good promises? And I'm going to tell 10 people about Jesus every day. <laughs> but just simply be available again for me. Maybe maybe more time, maybe whatever it is, finance, talents. But it starts with a heart decision. And then actually having the courage to go, God, you've given me something. You've given me something for me to use before you. And a willingness to, you know, a willingness to look maybe at times at risk a little bit silly, but a willingness to make the most of the normal opportunities that God gives us. And so I'd love us to see if we could all just stand together this morning. I'd really love to pray for us and just give this moment of prayer. Just let this be the opportunity for us to go, yes, God, once again, I'll say yes to you. Let's all close our eyes.